Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. Happy Thursday. Happy Creepy Account. And do you even know what fucking episode number this is? No idea. 148. Six. 145 was the one that went out today. Oh, now I'm checking. Yeah, it has to be. 146. Because 144 was my birthday. 145. 4th of July was 144. Yeah, 144. So we're, yeah, okay, 146. We do apologize for throwing our creepy accounts around, but we did tell you guys that that was going to happen. It was going to happen over the warm months because that's just how it has to be. We've got to figure it out. It's a little hectic, but we're back in real time. And and that feels so good. This is the first at back in real time. I'm back from Italy. I did my entire vlog in place of me, like talking about how amazing the trip was for an hour in slow motion. If you're a Patreon, (laughs) you get it. Like, I don't know why I couldn't talk. But we're back now. So So I did a Patreon vlog. It's on there if anybody wants to go watch it. It's 37 minutes of every single thing that we ever did on that entire trip. Wow. But this creepy account is super duper special. And I was going to like save it as a surprise, but I really wanted it was like our responsibility to let you guys know because this is like such a big deal. Susan, the official psychic angelic medium of Creeps and Crimes podcast from Angel Wings and Healing Things is with us today. Hi, Susan. Hey, yo. So (laughs) thankful to be here. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Having me. We are so excited. I mean, this has like been the thing that we've talked about for the longest. You guys have asked for for the longest. I feel like it just came out of nowhere. Not that it came out of nowhere, but it just like was here. Well, we like Like, talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, tried to make it work at one point. We were like, hey, like, do these dates work for you at one time? And then we were like, fuck that. Right. I texted her last week. for any of us. (laughs) So then I texted her last week in the group message and I was like, what about next Thursday? She's like, be there at 3.30. She's like, she literally we're like, we're running be there at 3.30. <laughs> and we were like, great. So then we'll start at 4.30. <laughs> it's okay. Like, we're yeah, and I was like, it's Susan. No, like when Susan comes over, we always have to set out an hour and a half of us to all just like fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just talk about what's going on. Make a, some drinks. We're all having oh, a yeah. little sippy sip. I have some gin and tonic water. We have no idea. I just don't have any mixers. I still haven't been to the grocery store. So I was like, there's some like Tazo tea back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. And then I have, okay, I went a little rogue. No, I don't know what concoction you have over there, but it is beyond broke. Okay. It was trending. Okay. It was uh, like a few months ago. It was like red wine, red blend, a little bit of lemon, and then some salsa water. Well, our trend pages look extremely different. Um, Definitely. I have never (laughs) even Someone tagged me in it. 
Okay. To be fair, it tastes pretty good. It tastes good. It tastes like a sangria, which typically I wouldn't like a sangria, but it's like a basic level sangria, Mm -hmm. which I'm good with. But as you guys know, like we put it all over our Instagram story, like, hey, if you have any questions for Susan, let us know. Because when I told Susan this already, I haven't even like talked about it with Morgan. When I woke up this morning, I was sitting here like thinking about, okay, well, what are we going to talk about in our intro? I can't just act like we don't fucking know Susan. Right. Like we don't talk to her on the weekly. So how am I going to sit here and like introduce her to you guys without being like, she's my friend, Susan. Like, And especially because I talk about y'all all the time. Right. They're just like that. They're great. It's a blast when we're together. Exactly. And then like we talk about you on the podcast all the time. And I'm like, all we, the time, all the time, like call Susan. Call Susan. Oh, and we're playing a drinking game. Anytime that Susan tells you to call her. That's when you I don't know how we're going to react to creepy accounts without being able call to say Susan. the words call Susan because Susan I'll be like, is now Susan, here. Like, we will call out. her. We'll be like, yeah. Susan, answer this one. Susan, can you do Phoning a friend. It's Susan. So you guys left us some questions that you have for Susan. And depending on how long these questions take, we may be able to put the other half of this on Patreon for you guys to listen to, either early access, but you guys know us about being timely. It doesn't work. It'll come in three months. Hi, we're three months ago. Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) That is exactly how this goes. The first question that someone has is, can she give messages from people on the other side? Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's what my readings are mostly. Yeah. Your life and from the other side. So maybe like a better thing would be also to explain like the difference between a psychic and a medium and what it is to be a psychic angelic medium. So when you say hello, when you call, I just tap into your energy and your whole world pops up. So roads of life, work, family, relationships, whatever, house, cars, and then all of your people that want to visit you. So the difference is the psychic stuff that I get and then the angelic mediumship is usually a deceased loved one, a friend, something mm-hmm. as such. So then psychic is being able to see everything as a whole within the timeline of your life. Yes. And then... Sometimes past lives. Past lives. Well, we've done that. You guys know yeah, we've I been doing we that. Sometimes past that. lives. So what you're saying is like, it's like a giant PowerPoint presentation, you know. Yes. You get to see everything. I do. But just was, by saying hello. Just by tapping into your energy. You gave me permission by saying hello. There's no right or wrong way to read. Right. Everybody reads different. Some people use cards. Some people use jewelry. Say, I have mm-hmm. to hold your jewelry to get your energy. Mm-hmm. You say hello and the whole path shows up. That's wow. all around. I and chose. then the people come through. Because I tell people, sometimes people like to be asked for from the mm-hmm. other side. So they'll sit there and stare. Yeah. The whole reading. And I'm, I'm not big on saying, do you have questions? Do you know what I mean? Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. I don't do that. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, did you have a friend to die or a family member to die or a grandmother to die? And they'll be like, yeah, grandma, whoever, or this friend they'd like to be asked for. They've waited the whole reading. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had someone like that in my very first reading with you that I had to verbalize their name to get them yes. to come forward. And well, not them to come forward for them to just stubborn. Speak. It's just <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously that's on my maternal line. <laughs> what? My mom. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so the past life question is how do past life regressions work and what is your role in them? I'm just the facilitator of the past life. Actually, you're seeing it, especially if we do it in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So you go into hypnosis and I ask questions that bring forth those people from a past life. Trauma. Um, trauma. <laughs> Morgan was trauma. Trauma. <laughs> and sometimes in readings, some people's past lives will come through, but they appear to me differently than uh-huh. angelic or their path. They show me they're from a different time. 
Wow. Okay, wow. The next question that we have is, I've always been curious how a Zoom or a long distance reading work. Well, I usually use FaceTime mm-hmm. for a regular reading. And I just happen, as soon as you say hello, I just happen to your energy. Right. That's giving me permission. So it's about the same thing. It's about the same thing. Right. Other than you get to see my hand movements and I look away because like when I speak to you, I look at you. But when I speak to other things, other people, I look at them. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the phone, you don't get to see that. But if you're on a FaceTime, you get to see me looking around and figuring out it's what I'm so doing. It's so wild They're, the first yeah. time. Yeah. Like you're is. like, are you okay? What are you I'm like, at? where are the sticky notes? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Morgan swings her head around. I'm like, who is it, Susan? Who's there? <laughs> you know, and I don't even notice, you know, that I do that until yeah. somebody points it out to me or I realize in a FaceTime they're following me. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> what are you doing? And then I have to explain. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, That's I forgot so to tell you that. Yeah. I forgot to tell you that. I'm talking <laughs> to everybody else in the room. Someone asked, is it strictly connecting with the past or a past spirit or could you connect to the future in some way? Usually in your readings, each path shows me a future to it. If okay. you take that path. So I would say, yes, it's connecting to the future and remembering energy follows intention. When we speak of something, we're sending energy to it and it will change it. So you could go down the street in three days and get a different reading because we put all that energy to it. Right. And you could change the future. So that was it, kind of like when we were doing, trying to decide those three things. Yes. Remember, mm-hmm. and you were yeah. trying, you were reading down our roads. Yes. That was fun. That was so fun. That makes it make a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. So the next one that we have is how and when did Susan first realize that she had the gift of being a medium? In the fifth grade, I went to a private Catholic school. And two boys were fussing about their night, what they did. And I said, that's not what you did. You did blah, blah, blah. And they told the teacher that I, to- I said like, what they did. And I got in trouble. stalking me. And my mom got in trouble for doing the same type of stuff. So I kind of shut it down real quick. Yeah. Because nuns and priests and right. well, I just don't go with, okay, she can see these things. So right. I waited a good while, probably until I was in my 20s. Really? So 30 some years ago. Yeah. I probably knew younger, but I yeah. didn't know what it was. Well, And right. I feel like you're a lot more spiritually open when you're little. And so yeah. you can see and feel and hear a lot of things that you're like, oh, it's just nothing. It's and no I, big deal. Right. How often do you connect with animals like morbid Snow White? Talk to animals in every reading in yeah. the last month and a half. Really? I didn't always bring people's animals through, but I find that it's so much of their life. And actually, I added on to my site animal communication because I talked to my friends animals so much that they're like, you have to be. Is there a scary side to your work? And if so, what is one of the worst things that you have come across? You don't have to answer. You don't want No, that's okay. I don't mind. I, as a general rule, don't let things that aren't of love and light come through. Mm-hmm. But the scariest thing I came across is I had to clear an apartment and somebody was murdered in it. And it went from corner of the closet, to corner of the closet. To corner of the closet. You told us this when we were in yeah. my the apartment. opened and all the containers were coming out. There's video of it in the middle of the night. And took forever and it just like laughed at me really and, yeah and it took i had to get mean and i'm not as a general rule, yeah. like get the fuck out you yeah know? i usually can my Keep kids it cool. call it fluff and puff that was not mm-hmm. a fluff and puff. Yeah. yeah susan has actually talked with me about like multiple cases that i've had where i've been where i happen to be seeing her that week and she's like whatever the fuck you have on you like can you give it up Real yeah, quick. get rid of it right now. But also I'll be like, well, tell me what you're seeing because I'm really curious to, to hear. And not everybody's that weird that wants to yeah. <laughs> tell me what you're seeing. Just, yeah. Most people just say, just get it the fuck off. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, tell Taylor's me what it like, is. Tell first. me first. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan starts having a panic attack. 
I cry. Yeah. <sighs> okay, guys, I guess we're going to get into the creepy account so you guys can get your time with Susan, even though we don't love sharing her we when don't she's like with sharing, us. But it's an honor to be here. And I'm tickled <laughs> to death. I love our time together. So I'll I take it however we get it. Should I hit them with it? I think it's time that we hit them with it. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. Before we hop into these stories with Susan, we have to talk about what we did on Monday. Yes. If you didn't see our Insta stories, first off, go follow us at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Second, we got laser hair removal on our underarms at Ideal Image. (laughs) Guys, it was so fun. And y'all know we've been hiving this up for the last few weeks, so it's only right that we reported back to you. This was our first of three treatments, and it was so easy and just overall amazing. Their staff was incredibly kind. So kind. So kind. Welcoming and just made sure that we knew exactly what to expect. Which was so important to me since this was my very first time ever getting laser hair removal. I was so scared that my skin would be too sensitive or that it would hurt, but she walked me through every step and made sure to check in with me throughout the entire process. It did not hurt and it just felt more like a little flick every zap. Plus, you guys know I am always in a rush. Always. So the fact that this took barely 30 minutes from check-in to check-out, you know that I was loving it. And it left us time to go get some brunch together. Yeah. Yeah. We have said it before and we will say it again. Again, our underarms have always been a insecurity of ours. Weird so thing weird to relate on. It's true. <laughs> but it's true. From high school cheer days when I was worried about someone seeing my ingrowns or dark spots when I held a high V for just a little too long to hating my wedding pictures of me celebrating with my husband because of just how bad my underarms looked in them. And watching you deal with that <laughs> only added to the anxiety for my upcoming wedding. But now here I am looking at strapless wedding dresses, which I'll try on in a couple weeks. And that is something I never thought that I would do. It's a big deal. Thanks to Ideal Image, laser hair removal has given me back my confidence and taken one thing off my list to worry about while wedding planning. Iconic of them. Laser hair removal will permanently reduce unwanted hair for good by zapping the hair follicles right at the root. It's only been three days and I don't know about you, Morgan, but I can already see and feel the results. Same. With laser hair removal, you save time and money. No more shaving creams, underarm moisturizers, or razors. And unlike waxing, you don't have to let it grow out in between sessions unless you want to watch the hair literally fall out if you are weird like us. Sorry, we just we're weird Then like you that. can't let it grow out. <laughs> okay, okay. If you're a picker, you get it, okay? Ditch the razor for the laser. Search for the nearest ideal image to you and schedule your treatments with their incredibly accessible network of over 800 licensed medical professionals. And ideal image is celebrating 20 years of real results with throwback pricing, a.k.a. the time is now. Right now. Get your free personalized plan today by going to idealimage.com slash creepsandcrimes. That's www.idealimage.com slash c-r-e-e-p-s-a-n-d-c-r-i-m-e-s. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. 
Okay, Morgan, hit us with the first creepy account. Okay. The first one is from Charlie using he, him pronouns. Yo, yo, yo. I've been listening to y'all since your first episode. I'm a 40-year-old guy, Charlie. You can use my name. Love y'all's podcast. It's my Thursday jam driving into work. Hope y'all had a fun fourth. Here it goes. I lost my mom when I was young, like around four or five years old. I don't remember much of her. Fast forward to me at 12 years old. We used to live in this half-built house. And I was asleep one day, home alone, in my bedroom. Passed the fuck out when I felt this weight on my bed and then I felt a hand resting on my head, caressing my back. I smelled what I thought was perfume and in that moment, I began to dream about my mom. And I literally think to this day that it was her. I now have three kiddos of my own. A few months ago during church service, the pastor was talking about moms and Mother's Day. Well, my four-year-old daughter was on my lap when she leans in and says, Daddy, Abuelita says you're doing a good job of being our daddy and she misses you. She's proud. The only grandma my kids know is my ex's mom and she called her Uma. My daughter doesn't know the word Abuelita, which is Spanish for grandma. My mom apparently visits my kids now. I hope this was okay for y'all. There's been lots of times I felt or dreamt of her. Have a great episode, ladies. And now put that shit on cruise control from Charlie. So I guess your question, Susan would be yes it was his mother that he felt on her on his bed and is and she talking to her his baby constantly constantly talking to his babies if you would show a picture they would know who she was mm-hmm. even though they've never met her because they know that she's there she is their safety Aww. she is with them every night watches she's in their dreams she's very proud of him he is a great dad and there's no doubt that that's her mom and that he saw her when she was 12 and knew that it was her so don't doubt yourself Wow. You know, so we can call, you can call me, call Susan call and, Susan and, and take a big drink <laughs> and we can expand on that. But she's always around yeah. and she's not leaving. Regardless. Oh, that makes my heart really happy. <laughs> yeah, that makes you want to cry. Yeah, she's not leaving. She, she loves she's always. proud. Yeah. yeah, she's very proud. And he is doing a great job and loves the children Aww. from the other side. They're like 10 times worse than grandparents in the physical <laughs> oh, yeah. because they don't have to. There's no boundaries. They can do what they want. Nobody can tell them. No, you know. Yeah. And so, yes, I would love to know any more instances where your mother has stepped in to like be like, we're not wearing that to school or that's we're not going with that hair today. <laughs> yeah. Darling, if you think you're going on a date like that. <laughs> yeah. No, sir. Come back in the home. <laughs> That is so good. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. And thank you for sharing us every single Thursday. Of course. Thank you, Susan. I love that we don't have to say just call Susan. I know. And leave it at that. I just need you here for every creepy account. I know. (laughs) The next one we have is from Amber using she, her pronouns. Hey, Taylor and Morgan. My name is Amber. Pronouns she, her. You can use my name. Jumping right into my story, it's not super creepy, but I would love to hear Susan's thoughts. When I was near the end of my pregnancy with my oldest daughter, Sophie, I had the most intense dreams in which my dad, trigger warning, who had passed away via suicide a few years prior, was with me and Sophie. Again, she wasn't born yet. He kept telling me how beautiful she was and how proud he was. It felt so real. Like I could actually smell him and feel his presence. It didn't feel like a dream at all. And of course, I woke up sobbing. I was always a daddy's girl through and through. And I took his death extremely hard. I struggle today after 13 years. Is it possible that he did actually visit me in my dream? If so, is there anything that I can do to help it happen again? I have now had a second daughter who is named after him. He was Freddie and her name is Nora Freddie. That's a beautiful name. So cute. 
I just miss him so much and I would give anything to connect with him again. I love you girls and this podcast. Keep crushing it. Let's get creepy. Amber. Hey, Amber. Of course it was your dad. It's always possible that he was visiting you and it's very factual that he was visiting you. He was there also when your second child was born and he very, very rarely leaves you. So you acknowledge that he's around and I wouldn't say go in the grocery store and say, hey, dad, I know it's you, but I would say talk to him in your head or when you're home, even with the kids, talk about him. He's not leaving. He often plays with the kids. He watches over them as they sleep and he still talks to you. And you said, how can you speak to him? Set the intention when you go to bed that he lets you know in your dreams that he's there, but also set the intention that you remember when you wake up what he has to say. Don't get frustrated because the tighter you hold your energy, the more you push him away. So make sure that you just relax Ask him that he comes in your dreams. Don't be frustrated if the first night or two you don't remember. But if you don't, make sure you set the intention that you remember what he says. Aww. I hope that helps. That's so sweet. He's very honored that you named your second daughter after him. But he would really like you to call her Freddie. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's what he said. So if you didn't want to do that, that's OK. But he would really like if you just called her Freddie. Oh, I wonder if you guys do call her Freddie. Yeah. And we'll just to let her, us know. If yeah. You, really you have to let Freddy. us know because he would he's very excited that that name's in there. And he's like, just call her Freddie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> said, uh-huh. Other name's pretty. But he said, Nora. Yeah. Cute. Freddie. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That, that's me. You know, I love that. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks, Amber. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amber. The next one is from Anonymous. Hi, ladies. First and foremost, I want to say that you are amazing. I'm an OG and have been here since the very beginning, and it's been an honor to see you guys grow. P.S. If you're thinking of splurging on the top tier in Patreon, do it. The content is amazing. Okay, we didn't say that. That was their words. Okay, Okay, big ballin' bitches. Okay, big ballin' bitches. Now to the stories. I do want to apologize for the lengthiness of this and spelling errors or grammatical errors. I've always been more prone to seeing things from spirits to predicting things before they've come to be. My first time seeing something was so vivid. I was at my grandma's house in her living room. The way her house was set up, there was a big window that looked to the side of her house where there was a swing set for us kids. I remember looking outside and seeing the swing move. It wasn't windy or anything, but I didn't think much of it. I looked again and there was a girl in all white with patches of her hair missing and she looked so dirty swinging on that very swing that was moving earlier. I didn't get scared, but I thought I was going crazy and looked away to look again and make sure that she was there, but she was gone. Story number two. Do you need to talk about that first one before we move on? Yes, okay. (laughs) It was very real, and sometimes just trusting yourself, believing that you saw that, and whether you're getting a message from it or not at that point was just trying to prove because she was showing very vivid things, like she was dirty, she was losing her hair, all of that stuff. Um, actually, I do feel like it was a person you knew and she was presenting to you. So I'd like you to follow up with that, whether with the girls or with me, that if you knew her or not in later times. And you know what I feel like this is so weird to even like say this to you, because this is what I would typically say to Morgan if you weren't here. This wouldn't be like someone that they knew at the time coming to them as like a way for reaching out for help. Yes. Okay. Could have been. I felt like it was a higher self of someone who was their friend. Yes. At this point, I don't feel she's alive. But at that point, it was a reaching out with no guilt. Should have, could have, would have. Right. Because she was just that was like the, one of the first times, Very that first she, times. she young, saw someone. Very yeah. young, not knowing what to do with it. Right. But acknowledging that person was also helping her. Right. And maybe like not even like, a, like an acquaintance of anything, yes. like a schoolmate or a peer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Definitely. I, someone she knew, but... 
not maybe as that a was friend. like a bestie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, just someone saying, "Hey, here I'm to here." Help with the yeah. lesson. Yes. Right. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Story sure. number two. This just happened to me this week. I thrive on routine. I work a corporate job and I think that scheduling has poured into my everyday life. This morning I woke up at 9 a.m. I have a bunch of plants and I'm growing veggies and fruit. So I did my routine with that. Made breakfast, loaded the dishwasher and I cleaned the house. This will all make sense. I promise. I remember looking at the clock and it was 2.39 p.m. And that made sense. I had done a lot and time was flying by. I decided it was time to start thinking about lunch. I stick so hard to my routine that I get hungry around the same time and I was getting hungry. I go sit on the couch and wait a little longer for lunch. I look at the clock and it's 11.14 a.m. I'm getting chills rethinking about this. This does not make any sense to me. I know I saw 2.39 p.m. I know I started getting hungry. I know the errands, the chores I did when I woke up took longer than two hours, but all my clocks read 11.14 a.m. I truly can't make any sense of it. Maybe your insight would help. Thank you for reading this. I have stories for days, like how I've predicted all my friends and brothers' babies' genders, and even some creepy ones about the man in Maine. Let me know if you want to hear. Love you all so much. The man in fucking Maine. Send that. Send that in. Let's hear about the man yeah. in Maine. Who the fuck is a man in Maine? You, you got to share. <laughs> you got to tell us now. So to me, that's very rare that someone acknowledges that time lapse, time warp, however you want to call it. I'd like to know what your thought process was at the time from the 2.39 till the 11, what at 14 or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. because I would tell you, you left and followed a timeline to that point and you actually learned and processed some stuff in that, but you didn't acknowledge it. So just kind of sit and say, okay, show me what I learned in that time, but sit quietly like where you were, mm. not in the bed or something mm -hmm. where you were waiting for lunch. Because, and then what did you do afterwards? Did you finally wait for lunch or did you have lunch at the 11 time? I'd love to see what you learned in that timeline because there were very specific points shown to you. Three of them, as a matter of fact. Structure and time is very important to you, like you said, but there were something structured in time that you learned that was very important. It was a heartfelt lesson. Yeah, that's as far as I'm going with that on a podcast. That's a call Susan thing because... That was some personal lessons and some deceased loved ones showing you some things that to continue and help you grow where you are. So, wow. We call those glitches. Yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking, yeah. I, this is what I would told you. Babe, you just experienced a glitch in that the matrix. That was a glitch in the matrix, bitch. <laughs> well, it might have been a glitch in the matrix, bitch. But right. Well, because you did say that she went on another timeline. She line. went on a different yeah. timeline. Yeah. Or know, they went on another timeline. Timelines are parallel. We jump timelines sometimes. We come back to the timeline we're in. But you learned some specific things in that other timeline. From yeah. that glitch back to here and then to the reality of the normal time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's that happened cool. to me before. <laughs> well, it happens like, all things, the time. Yeah, yeah. Things like that happen to me all the time with time. I'm like, no, I swear it was just like two o'clock and now it's not even two o'clock. You know, I can't even like base anything off time because that oven is always wrong. No. <laughs> like, And that's the one I'm always looking at. And I'm like, that is well, not mine. Right. I think mine messes me up because at work it's all military, you know, yeah. and then oh, no. mine, my phone is still two o'clock, not 1400. So then I'm like, what time? What time? Can I leave? My, my husband is all military. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know that because yeah. in previous jobs, it was all. I yeah. do not know any military time. Oh, that's yeah. what we live by in some of the jobs. I can't yeah. like understand it. To document everything in military time. The next one we have is from Nikki and it says, hey, girls, my name is Nikki. Feel free to use it. I have been listening to your podcast for a while now. I have heard every episode and I'm loving what the podcast has developed into. We are the same age and experience COVID college graduation and weddings together, <laughs> just in different parts of the country. I caught up when we were getting all of our nursery stuff together this past fall slash winter. So of course I had to join Patreon. 
Love that. I have kind of a two-parter, and I am very excited to have the possibility of Susan reading this and telling me what she thinks because I have been curious to see what she would think of mine and my family situation and if it is common. My stories kind of jumble together and overlap at different times. So if anything doesn't make sense, feel free to reach out or rewrite it for it to be better for storytelling. Also, please know this could be hard for some people to listen to. So this is a trigger warning as it has to do with birth, death and pregnancy loss. The first story ties in basically my entire family. I have two older sisters, and every time my middle sister, oldest doesn't have any kids, or I are pregnant, someone in our family passes away. Back when I was in high school, my middle sister, let's call her A, was pregnant, but unfortunately, it ended up being egg topic. No one in my family knew that she was even pregnant until my aunt had health complications and an ambulance was called. We couldn't get a hold of A or her husband. They were at the hospital and she was in surgery. A few weeks later, my aunt passed away. And a few days after that, my great uncle passed too. Fast forward to when she was pregnant with my nephew a few years later. My grandmother passed away. We thought A was going to go into labor at the funeral, but she didn't. This past fall, I was pregnant with my first baby and my great aunt passed. A few weeks later, my oldest sister, Jay, passed away. She lived a few states away and had been sick with autoimmune issues. It runs in the family for a long time, but it was still very unexpected. My husband and I were driving to see her when we got the news that we didn't make it in time, but thankfully my parents did. I was looking out the window shortly after and we were passing a field of sunflowers. I had this image in my head of my sister Jay playing with a little girl in the flowers. Later at her funeral, we had one where she was living at the time and one at our home. I saw my aunt, my grandma, Sister Jay, and this little girl sitting on a hill in a field looking down at us in the church. Originally, I thought this little girl I was seeing was my baby, but after we found out he was a boy, I am thinking that she was my sister's first baby that we didn't get to meet. I normally don't have visions like this, but I think being pregnant maybe had something to do with it. Lastly, with this story, my baby was born on the day that my husband's grandma passed, but just a few years later. We didn't realize it right away, but when we did, I can tell you the tears flowed. My nephew also does things that my grandma did, but he never had met her on this side of the rainbow. One thing in particular is pointing his middle finger. (laughs) No one else does this. Hi, Grandma. No one else does that, and we can't get him to stop doing it. LOL. I have always been curious about family reincarnation and the coincidences of pregnancy and family members passing has only piqued my interest more. So that's the first story. So, yes, it's common. One soul often leaves and another comes in. Mm -hmm. That's very much a common factor in death and birth, birth and death, that one soul leaves and another comes in. Secondly, yes, there are several people in your family that have reincarnated even that quickly to the child that's come in, like the little boy Mm. that's flipping the finger. (laughs) I want to tell you, if it's not completely her soul, she had much influence on the birth of this child. Really? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Because I'm like, wow, that I felt that as you were saying, the fact that she said she saw, yes, that's common, especially when you're pregnant, your different boundaries are down. You know, you're open to the new spirit, the new soul coming in. You're often more in tune. A lot of people don't pay attention to it. A lot of people do. You're just fortunate that you were well aware. So yes, it is a common thing. One leaves, one comes. And in your family, it seems like the word that came was tradition. Mm. it's an honor for the elderly person to leave to bring in the younger one and impart part of their knowledge 
like the middle finger. Right. You know? Hey. Yeah. The, the things. Hey, the motherfucker. Thing that, that is, you know? <laughs> For you to be aware that 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 person had part of themselves with them. Your family asks that this isn't a sad thing to please be grateful that they are aware that they've stepped and then new new souls have come in. Remember, we have agreements with everybody in our world, whether it's with our grandparents or aunts or uncles or the new child that you bring in. There's soul agreements that let you know that, yes, we're going to cross and we know we're going to leave at this time, but this one's going to come in. So I hope that helps and answers the question. If you have more questions. Call Susan. Call Susan. <laughs> the only thing else I have from the first one is about her sister, Jay. Oh, no, no guilt. No shoulda, coulda, woulda. Things happen like they're supposed to. The example I can use for that is my dad died. And when he was sick, I was like, there's nothing more I want than I want to be with him when he passes. But we spoke before he passed and I knew I wasn't supposed to be there, but I needed to see that he had passed. Mm-hmm. I know that's morbid, but I arrived two minutes after he passed. I had to see that he physically wasn't here, but I didn't want to see him take his last breath. Mm. They did not want you to see. It was her. Jay, right. Yeah. Older sister. Yeah. Did not want that last breath to be seen. It's a very vulnerable time. And they want you to remember the happy times with that. No guilt. No shoulda, coulda, woulda. It happened like it was supposed to. Mm. Wow. Just she blows my mind every single time. Me too. I like have no words because I'm like I'm like looking and I'm just seeing all this stuff and I'm like I know and I love watching your eyes. I do. (laughs) I I love watching that. I know that's why I can't even. I don't even want to read because I just want to see what Susan's doing the whole time. I know I can't wait to watch the camera and be like, what is she she doing? Yeah, I'm gonna play that back. And then we have a second story from Nikki. The second story revolves completely around my sister, Jay, as she would have liked it to. After she passed, weird things have been happening. My parents have a clock in their living room that you can choose to play music every time a new hour starts. About a month after she passed, the clock randomly started playing music. My mom was convinced that someone in the family had been messing with her, but no one was. They never had the setting turned on. Sometimes when the music played, it wasn't even on the hour. Then this spring, my husband and I moved into my grandparents' house when they moved into an apartment to downsize. My grandpa and his dad built this house. My dad grew up here and it is only a few blocks away from my parents' house where I grew up. My mom was at the house by herself unboxing some kitchen things, and this little bird kept coming up and sitting on the edge of the deck in the kitchen window. A month later, and there is a ton of bird shit there. I <laughs> That's the picture. <laughs> I saw it once that day after she mentioned quote, Jay had been visiting her, end quote. And I have not seen it since. The last time I think my sister was here visiting was when I was painting the first wall in the house. And it was a very bold accent color. I wasn't too sure about it, but you can always paint over it. True. Boxes were still all around. And an old pendulum clock that was given to me by my grandma when she passed away was sitting on the table. I will attach a picture of this as well. We brought it to a clock fixer person. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't me. That's how it was written. I'm sure that they have a real title, but I don't know what it is. But we have still not gotten it to work continuously. We wind it and it works for a little while, but eventually it stops. It was on the table and my husband was trying to fix the wobble that the table had, but we didn't notice it start to work until after that. Normally, if it moves, it will swing, but not actually tick and work. It wasn't until he got up from boxing some of the donation things probably half an hour later to come help me with some of the paint stuff that we heard it dong. I had not heard that since it was in my grandma's apartment 
six or seven years ago. We took it over and the pendulum was moving back and forth and it was ticking perfectly. I look at my husband and said, well, I guess Jay likes the color. We put the clock downstairs and it worked until we had to move it again for our new carpet to go in. I love that she still comes to visit us in so many ways. Thank you for reading this and sharing it with Susan. I've been wanting to write this in and Susan being on is the perfect time. I'm sure I'm forgetting so many things and this doesn't make sense. So reach out. Love the podcast and thank you for giving me something to listen to and keeping me entertained and occasionally annoying my husband with. (laughs) Ha ha. Love, Nikki. Well, hey, Nikki. I'm on the girls podcast. So (laughs) I'm allowed to say this. Jay loves fucking with you. (laughs) There's all that's all there is to say about that. Every time that these things happen, she just grins. She loves it. And she does like the color, by the way. But every one of them and many other things she does in your house are her messing with you. Pay attention. Acknowledge her. Yes. And she is hysterical. She loves messing with you. And she knows that you know it's her. So she said, please pay attention. Acknowledge her. And this is just your segue into being able to pay attention to what she's saying to you. You might not hear it as you're hearing me, but you'll know it or you'll feel it. And trust it because she thinks that it's awesome that she can be with you and respond to you in all those ways. She's sorry that she had to leave early, but she finds this an extraordinary way to talk to you. Oh, I love it. That's not going to be you. You're going to be like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck your clock. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your clock. I love that color. It looks cute. I do like that color, though. I do like that color, though. And yes, that was me shitting on the window seal. Definitely. Definitely. She's she comes in. Many ways, like most people are like a bird or mm-hmm. a, blue, a cardinal or a blue jay or a bluebird. She is like everything that she can mess with. You. Oh, my God. I love that about that. Thank Great you so much, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. Okay, the next one we have is from Caitlin using pronouns she, her. Hi, ladies. My name is, sorry, Katie, actually. My name is Katie, she, her, and you can share my name. Absolutely love you both and the show. I've been listening for just about a month now and I could not be more obsessed. I'm literally telling everyone about you guys. I can't tell you how many times I've laughed out loud at work while listening. My story is from my childhood and I'd love for Susan to hear it. It's a mix of what I remember and what my dad, grandma, and neighbors have told me. I apologize if it's kind of all over the place and a bit long. It's not a story I frequently tell and it still creeps me the fuck out. I grew up in, you're going to have to excuse me, I have no idea how to pronounce this, Wausau, Wisconsin, on a dead-end street that butted up to the Wisconsin River. This was not a fancy neighborhood, and honestly, the street was creepy as fuck. The houses were older, and in general, the neighborhood was kind of run down. The one I was raised in was built in 1940, and the house caddy corner from us that my grandma lived in was built in 1920. I'll get to my grandma's house later. I lived in this two-bedroom home with my older sister, Jenna, and our dad until I was eight years old. Mom and dad had divorced when I was three, and while dad, who got full custody of us, was working, we would spend time across the street with grandma while we weren't in school or over summer breaks. We were also very close to the three sisters next door, and we tore that shit up every day. (laughs) Truth be told, I always, always felt uncomfortable in our house and in our grandma's. It just always felt like we were being watched. We had a shih tzu named Sammy who was constantly barking at absolutely nothing. Dad always just called him a dumbass, but I mean, this dog would literally stand at the top of the basement steps and bark and growl into the creepy unfinished space. He would do the same thing at the closet bedrooms. The basement was cold and dark and the ceiling was shallow. It felt like at any moment, something was going to come up out of one of the corners. I could not tell you how many times I ran up those basement steps so fucking fast 
to get away from whatever was down there. I'm literally getting the chills just imagining it again. Jenna and I started out in the back bedroom of the house while dad had the front. I remember he had this sick ass waterbed that we loved to jump on when he was at work. Still blows my mind that we didn't pop it. Anywho, when I was around five, dad told us that we would be switching rooms with him. So we moved to the front bedroom and he took the back. He said it was because the front bedroom was bigger, lie, but I never figured out why until it was older. I remember always having terrifying dreams of being chased, sitting in an attic by myself, surrounded by people I didn't know, a face pressed against my bedroom window, which my bed was bumped up against. Eek! I would wake up screaming a few times per week. Jenna did the same. Oh my God. Jenna used to tell me stories about how she would hear whispering at night in our room and throughout the rest of the house. Things would be obviously misplaced too, which dad always blamed us for, but it was random knickknacks that we wouldn't even pay attention to. Why fuck with knickknacks while I had sweet ass Beanie Baby collection and a whole family of Barbies? True facts. When we moved out, I was eight. Jenna decided it was time to tell me the story of what had happened in the house. There was a family that used to live there that had a teenage daughter. Apparently, she suffered from depression and trigger warning, had hung herself in the back bedroom closet. The family moved out shortly after. Dad never likes to talk about it and honestly will completely avoid me every time I ask about it unless it's just him and I and he's had a few bush lattes. <laughs> when I tell you my dad is the most hard-headed, stubborn, not scared of anything kind of man, I mean it. So it freaked me out even more when he said even he was scared of what was in that house. He said he'd come home from work after Jenna and I would be at grandma's and shit in that back bedroom closet would be thrown all over the place. Toys, knocked over, clothes, ripped off hangers. It was like a tornado went through it. And it was never Jenna nor I that did it. Oh, my God. When we switched rooms, he got extremely freaked out when he came home one night and his heavy ass metal filing cabinet was completely flipped upside down. Not knocked over. I mean, literally flipped completely upside down. How in the actual fuck? Oh, my God. When Jenna and I had anything creepy happen to us, we'd always tell my grandma. She would always just nod and say, I know. Come over here if you ever feel unsafe. Switching over to my grandma's house. My grandpa died of a car accident three months after I was born in February of 1992. Grandma used to tell us stories about how grandpa was always there in the house, messing with her and moving things. She would feel the bed sink like he was getting into it with her. They had six kids and all their bedrooms were upstairs and multiple times she would tell me how she saw him, the ghost of him, walking downstairs like he had just got done saying goodnight to the kids. She passed away in 2003 and I was the last person to hold her hand before she passed. She said, I love you, Kate stay safe. I'm tearing up as I type this. I was raised Catholic, but don't actively practice and would say I'm more spiritual than anything. One night I was sitting in my apartment alone, TV off, and throwing myself a pity party over who knows what when I felt this wave of emotion come over me. I instantly started bawling. It wasn't scary. It was comforting. And in that moment, all I could see was my grandma's face. It was like she was my protector. Jenna said she has felt the same thing. I still have nightmares of that neighborhood where I'm walking down the street and I just get an enormous amount of dread. Even looking at pictures from the house now, I get extremely freaked out. I don't know what was in the house I grew up in, but both of those houses have a lot of untold stories, I'm sure. I'm not sure what else you'd be able to find, but email me if you want the address so you guys can do some digging. <laughs> I plan on writing in to tell you about some of my dreams soon, especially need to tell you both about my reoccurring nightmare about Michael Myers that went on easily for 15 years. Stay creepy. I love you both. Katie. P.S. Also need to tell you about my Ouija board experience. Katie. Hey, bye. Ouija board. Katie, we were doing so fucking well. You had to put the P.S. And you had to toss in the No Ouija boards. Don't play with Ouija boards. Hey, Katie, thanks for the, the story. Yes, your grandmother is always with you. The soul of that lady that hung herself was not the only thing in that house. There were a couple other, I'm going to use buried bodies under the house and some things from 
the water that had come out. So you were correct in being scared there. Your grandfather is always there. He actually was waiting for your grandmother when she passed. And it, it is kind of odd that she said, I love you, Katie, stay safe, because she knew I know what being raised Catholic's like. So she knew what was in that house and what the the things that you needed to stay f- safe from were. But you're a little bit more open than you give yourself credit for because you can see your grandmother and you know your grandfather's around and you knew what was in that house. You just kind of put arm's length barriers. So give yourself that credit and just put some boundaries up because you're more open than you think. Because there was some evil stuff in that house and the fact that you made it through childhood for those years, even if it wasn't a, a lot of years, it was quite a few to have as much negative and evil stuff there. But remember that grandmother and grandfather aren't negative and they are always around and take her words to heart, put those boundaries and stay protected. And remember that it's an honor to be with somebody when they pass. So the fact that she chose you to be one of the people that were with her is such an honor. Yeah. So take that to heart as well. That mm-hmm. is so sweet. Thank you so wow, much, Katie. Thank you. Scary house, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd been freaked out. I'd have moved. I think I'd have I been need left. the address. <laughs> yeah, I think I just need to look it up just once. So send the address and we'll look it up. Email it to us. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Thank Katie. you, Katie. The next one we have is from Caitlin. Hi, Taylor and Morgan. My name is Caitlin and I'm from Australia. I discovered your podcast in mid-2022 and I'm obsessed. Your episode about BEKs... Mm. Black eyed kids scared the living daylights out of me. I was too scared to go outside at night for weeks. Us too. I'm so fucking sorry that we did that to you, though. Us too. We were also scared. But we were literally terrified as well. And I had a puppy at the time. Yeah. But I had to take take him out in the morning. Yeah. No. That was honestly me. That was. And I apologize. (laughs) That was only me. Yeah. I formally apologize too. We know Taylor does weird stuff, so. (laughs) Take the apologies when we get them because we all fuck with our weird. Because I, I'll give them when they're when they need it, okay? Because this one's fucked. I'm really sorry I did that. Okay, I was too scared to go outside at night for weeks. I have a few creepy stories for you guys. When I was seven, my parents built a house on some land that I have no idea the history of, but the nearby major town is very, very old and has many old buildings and cemeteries that are said to be very haunted. They run ghost tours all the time there. We also had some old house ruins further down the hill from our house, which is very common in this area. They are left over from the 19th century from early settlers. My childhood living in this house was very interesting. I don't know if it was just my wild imagination and the fact that I was an anxiety-prone child, but every single night when I went to bed, I was terrified. I would hide under my blankets completely covered and not dare move because I sensed an evil presence in my room. I would sense it at my door. Can I stop you? Yeah, go ahead. That evil presence was buried on the ground that the house was built on. Really? Yes. And that wasn't the first time I got that. When you started talking about she didn't know what was in the land that mm-hmm. where the house was born. I was like, there were several people that were buried under her house centuries ago. So wow. that would have been, you know, right. gone. Right. But the energy of those people didn't leave. Wow. Which is really strange to me that the energy didn't go as long ago as it was. Exactly for it to be as long as it was. I would sense it at my door and at the foot of my bed or even right up next to my head sometimes. I would hide like this all year round. And even in the hot summers where I was overheating under my blankets, but I was too scared to move a tiny bit or have any part of my body exposed. I was basically pretending to be asleep. So the quote creature in my room would not hurt me. 
I was filled with so much fear and terror. Anything to add here? Yeah, it was fear and terror. Yeah. And she had reason to be scared. Oh my God, yeah. Because that underneath her house was not of, of love and light or kind. As I entered my teen years, I did not hide under my blankets near as often, but something else happened all of the time. Every night as I would lay there trying to fall asleep, I would feel fingers lightly tracing and caressing my face, neck, Mm. and ears. (laughs) I'm sick. Yeah. It would sort of creep me out, but it it happened so frequently that I ended up getting used to it. And I chalked it up to being my ceiling fan moving my hair as I had it on most nights. Good self-preservation. Yeah. Give yourself credit. Self-preservation. You literally just gaslit yourself. Yeah. Great self-preservation. I'll give you credit. Oh, my God. Because that's kind of creepy. Yeah. You said it was a man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, And it was more of a decomposed man. So like bony yes. fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh, think of the word. I'm like mortician. <laughs> so it's thin enough that you would think it would. You could write it off yes. in your hair. Yes. Oh, wait. And I forget that Caitlin's from Australia. Yeah. Yes. So years and years and years. I said how old it was. Right. Kind of creepy. Oh, my Very God. Creepy, not kind of. To the creature in my room, as I entered my teen years, I would feel, okay, tracing my body. It would sort of creep me out, but I happened so frequently, I chalked it up to being the ceiling fan moving my hair as I had it on most nights. I eventually moved out of this house when I was 20 years old. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. And I forgot about it entirely. Trauma blocked. Mm -hmm. A few years later, I was in town visiting my parents, so I stayed a few nights in my old room. Well, that same sensation happened again. And I came to a realization that I hadn't felt it in a very long time, longer than I could remember. And I'm pretty sure not since I moved out. Every house I have lived in, I have always had a ceiling fan or an aircon on, but I never felt that sensation besides when I'm in my parents' house. I feel like whatever was touching me so softly probably wasn't evil. Hmm. Okay. Uh, But I do know that it often happened the same time I was hiding in my bed paralyzed from fear. Then it's definitely evil. That's just my opinion. For sure. Well, and it became obsessed. Yeah. The initial was evil, but then it just became obsessed with her. Oh. And that's kind of a weird thing. I can't believe it didn't even follow you. Yeah, I'm grateful it didn't. So I was going to say... When you are at your parents, remember you have dominion over anything. So you can tell it, get the fuck out. Right. You know, leave me the fuck alone. Don't touch me. And don't be like all soft and lovey. Be factual. Right. You know? yeah. You're not ass. welcome. Yeah. You're, the fuck you're not welcome. So you're going to shatter that bony hand you know, so with that- the ice cream <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just be very factual, very, very much like don't be lo- of love and light, nice, right. and fluffy, puffy. Just tell it, don't touch me. Get the fuck out. Leave me alone. Right. So that you don't have that fear when you go into your parents' home. And just tell it when you walk in the door, push it out. Use your energy and just push it out that it's not welcome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck that bony finger. Fuck. Are you <laughs> and kidding? And it's creepy that that's what I see is the yeah. bony finger when I explained it to y'all. I'm like, oh, I'm not okay. Also, during a few months when I was 16, I constantly felt a different presence in my room at there any time. Oh, there were three. There were three. three. The original one, you said one at the end of your bed, one at your head, and then there was a comment of somewhere else. Those three stayed. It's just the one by your head became obsessed. And the other presence came and went. 
I hate this. <laughs> I felt a different presence in my room at any time during the night, but but this time I wasn't scared at all. I would feel it when I was just sitting on my bed watching movies, and I even sometimes talked to it, which made me feel a bit crazy, but it really felt like I had a friend in the room with me. The presence felt like it was a boy, either a teenager or a young adult, very friendly and just chilling there in the corner near my door. I spoke about this with my sister a couple of years ago as our bedroom doors were right next to each other and we shared a wall. She said that she often also felt like someone was standing in her doorway or in her room. She didn't really say anything beyond that, but she did agree that the house was probably haunted. It was 150,000% haunted. But that person that was in your doors was kind. He just liked y'all's energy. Okay. He's just like, I vibe with you. I'm just just chilling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Funny thing was, I never actually saw anything, only felt a presence, except for one very random time. Oh, no, this is my least favorite thing. I was leaning down, washing my face in the bathroom vanity before bed. And for some reason, I opened my eyes and I could see two feet standing behind me to the right side. So she looked down at her feet. So she's at the sink like this and she looked down and she saw it. I would thank God you didn't look in the fucking mirror. That's all I have to say. I could see two feet standing beside me to the right side. I figured it was just my sister, so I straightened up and asked her what she wanted, but no one was there. I was very confused, so I checked where my parents and my sister were. They were all on the other side of the house watching TV together. To this day, I'm so curious as to whose feet those could have been. The people that lived in the house before you, they never crossed. One of them was the boy, the kid that enjoyed their energy. The chill dude. One of them was the feet were the, we'll call it, an adult. Mm-hmm. They just never left because of Sunday. Oh, you know what I mean? I don't feel like she was other than freaked out that she saw feet. Yeah. I don't feel like there was any intention or harm. Right. Intended for well, her. Well, for you to be able to write it off like, oh, it's just my sister. Yeah. Then it's and, different. Yeah. There wasn't a fear there. There was just another presence that she wasn't aware of that energy. Like she was comfortable with the young, the young teenager boy. or the young adult. Yeah. But since he never crossed, the dad hung out with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's like, what are you washing your face with? Yeah. He was just kind of hanging out. And, you know, he intentionally (laughs) let her see him. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm here. Like, it's my son. It's cool. Yeah. We're all good. I mean, the initial, like, standing behind. I mean, for him to not show himself in the mirror, which is terrifying. Yes. You know, I feel like that's a little bit more respectful of your space. I still feel like I wouldn't be washing my face. And I'd ever again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the way that she, like, wrote it off as being her sister, like, if I saw Logan's feet behind me, I wouldn't be freaking the fuck out. But if I saw like bony, scary looking feet behind like me. Like the hand. Exactly. Yeah, I would freak the fuck out. I would turn around and like break the mirror. Like, I don't know what I would do. Like, I would lose yeah. my shit. But if I saw like your feet behind me or Susan's feet behind me or Logan's feet behind me, I would be like, what do you want? <laughs> it wouldn't phase you. But I'm so, drowning. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't scared of that. Yeah. Now it's kind of like freaky. Like, well, whose feet were that? What did they want? Right. And he was just, okay, I'm here too. He was just like, hi. Yeah. I'm only going to show you my feet. Wow, that's really interesting. Outside of this, I have only ever had two paranormal experiences, but they were very different. And this time I wasn't feeling a presence. I saw them clear as day. The first time was during year eight camp. We were staying in a cabin surrounded by forest and I was sharing with four of my friends. On the last night, I randomly woke up and looked around the dark room. In the only empty corner was a woman standing there very still. I still remember what she looked like, clear as day, even though it was 13 years ago. She had very long, thick, jet black hair all around her face, and she was standing up very straight with her hands behind her back. 
I couldn't see any features on her face, but it looked like she was just staring at the ground. I half sat up and stared at her for maybe 30 seconds, and for some reason, I wasn't scared at all. I just simply went back to sleep. I told my friends about it the next morning, and they were freaked out. They could not believe that I wasn't scared, and I really don't know why, because it was was, so creepy. She meant them no harm. She She died on the property. I want to say, like, the camp property Mm. somewhere, but she knew that this person could see them. So she, and just like, she just wanted to be acknowledged. Oh, that's really, that's like just a sweet. She's just like, hi. can you see me? Well, summer camp. And that yeah. was it. It yeah. was just like, oh my God. I just want to be acknowledged. Wow. They couldn't believe that I wasn't scared. And I really don't know why I wasn't because it was so creepy to think about now. One friend questioned if I was dreaming, but I am 100% sure that I was awake. She I wasn't just, dreaming. No, I was. Mm-hmm. She was not dreaming. No, she, she was, was awake. Dream. It was not a dream. My second and final ghost experience was a few years later when I was 20. I moved abroad to England for a year and I lived in a very big old manor house that was built in the mid 1800s on a massive acreage surrounded by dense forests. I looked up its history recently and apparently the land had a lot of history. And where there's history in Morgan, there's ghosts. Yep. It was previously royal land before the 1500s. And human remains from the Saxon and Roman periods have been found there recently. The village that was just a short walk away was over a thousand years old. Can I pause you? Yeah. So the very beginning of her story when she was talking about her house in... In Australia. In Australia, you had mentioned... Stuff under the land. Stuff underneath. This is even worse. Yeah, oh, and then this worse. is one that like, actually. Oh yeah, there was some fighting, and there's some shit under there, and lots of people didn't realize they died, and yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I never think about that, like with battles, like how people probably don't even realize that they're dead at that point. Yeah, yeah it takes a long time, and some of them just linger around. So from the Saxon and Roman periods that have been recently found, the village that was just a short walk away is over 1,000 years old. So it's not surprising. It was very creepy to live there, although I mostly got used to it after a few months. But basically, the whole bottom floor was a nursery, which is where I worked during the day. The second floor was half offices and half staff accommodations. Then there was a little attic space on the top with four tiny bedrooms, which is where I used to live. Ooh, yeah, I don't like that attic space. I do not like it either. <laughs> to get to my room, I had to walk through the nursery hallways, up a big stairwell, through a literal maze of long, dark hallways and closed doors, and up another winding staircase to the attic, where I also had to walk down another long, dark hallway to my bedroom at the very end. That's just creepy in itself. Yeah, that would be measurable. Imagine being like drunk trying to get movie. home. Jesus. I would be looking over. So there's got to be so many corners, so many doors, so many bookshelves. You got to be watching. Then who's waiting on the steps? Right. And you know, like when you're coming up from your basement and you feel like something's behind you and your hair's standing up on your back your and you're running and you're... <laughs> Yeah. And you're like breathing, you're breathing so fast and you're sprinting up those stairs. Imagine trying to get up all that shit. And then down long dark hallway. And then down a long dark I mean, be, I would be sprinting. I would break the all world right, record. We're giving you credit for getting through I all mean, that I mean, you must be, I mean, in the tip talk physical shape of your entire life to get up this shit, especially being scared. And my bedroom was at the very end of this dark, long hallway. Every section of that walk was very creepy at night. The nursery section felt ominous with weird noises and creaking. The second floor maze legit had sections completely dark with doors to accommodation rooms that were empty for half the year. For a few months in the winter, there were about five of us living in this massive manor, and it was just so, so creepy. Only five of them. Yeah, that's what I said. Like the shining. Yeah. 
I much preferred when the place was full of other staff during the summer, as you could always hear and see other people instead of being empty and quiet. Anyways, to the ghost part. I worked in the section of the nursery, which had the babies and toddlers. The section had two rooms with a third smaller one in the middle, which was where they all ate together and had a tiny kitchen area to the side that had a massive door to the courtyard with big steps. This is relevant. At the start of the year, a co-worker called Lacey, who had been working there for 10 years at this point, told me that there was a little ghost boy who haunted our section of the nursery. She was the only adult who had seen him and she had actually seen him on multiple occasions. On these occasions, she would usually be sitting in the middle of that room alone doing paperwork and see a little boy run past her to the door and into the adjoining toddler room. She would quickly follow him, but the toddler room would be completely empty with no other doors. She also told me that he had a very particular way of running, held his hands behind him swinging sort of, and was a bit taller than the toddlers that we looked after. She only ever saw his back as he would be running away from her. Now, she was the only adult to see him, but there was a little girl who also saw him. She had moved into the next age group when I started working there, so I didn't see any of this happen. But multiple co-workers confirmed that this happened the year before. During mealtimes, she would wave, laugh, and point to an empty space and say, boy. This happened very often. And one day, one of our co-workers purposefully moved to that empty space, and she immediately started screaming and crying. Well, I was lucky enough to also see the little boy's ghost. Much later that year, I was in the middle of the room with a few co-workers and we were placing the babies into their high chairs for lunchtime. The door to the toddler room opened and all of them came racing out. Now, someone had stupidly left the glass door in the mini kitchen area open, which led to a massive door to the big concrete stairs outside. For some reason, those big doors were wide open. This is obviously a disaster waiting to happen when 10 toddlers race towards it. One of my coworkers was thankfully quick on their feet and steered the toddlers away from the mini kitchen area. But I saw one little boy break from the group and run into the mini kitchen. I carefully chucked the baby that I was holding into a high chair and bolted after this little boy to save him from a very nasty fall. I raced through and down the stairs into the courtyard and the little boy was no nowhere to be seen. I basically was having a panic attack because I had just seen this little boy run outside and I was so worried for his safety. I was so confused and half yelling to my coworkers asking where the little boy was. I was racing in and out of the building for a minute or two, frantically trying to find him, saying, where is he? I saw him come out of here. My coworkers watched me, looking quite shocked and confused. And they tried to reassure me multiple times that every single one of the toddlers were accounted for inside. It is very weird for me to look back onto because I was really so frantic, even though there was obviously no one out there, but I 100% saw a little boy run out that door. I headed back into the building, still bewildered at what had just happened, and my coworker, Lacey, smiled with a knowing look and said, ah, you just saw the ghost boy. Thank you so much for reading my massive email. I hope you like the stories. I have a few case recommendations for you, Taylor. I am from Adelaide, Australia, and we have lots of murders and serial killers here. You previously covered the Somerton Man, which was in Adelaide. Two crimes that I recently wow. that I really recommend for you to look into in, is the disappearance of the Beaumont children in 1966 Ooh. and the bodies in the barrels or the Snowtown murders. Thank so, so. you. So I'm going to say your bedroom had a lot of stuff up in the top of the attic. The fact that you could stay there was amazing. That you could get through the, all the steps in the halls. 
knowing that there was other shit in that house. The little boy intentionally let him see you. He liked you. Only people that he liked could see him in in all that time. So he shared himself with you because he liked your energy. So my question to you is, how much have you done with this since you were aware of all the yucky stuff in the houses and underneath the houses and you could see the little boy who wasn't a negative energy? How much have you done with it in your life as of this day? Because you have that ability. So you need to zero in on it and use it. But the little boy is very grateful you saw him because he, again, only showed people that he trusted and liked, which obviously wasn't many, if that's the third person, if you will, the little girl, the other worker in you. And then he said, he's sorry that he made you frantic, but he very much liked the fact that you were aware he was there, but he ran away. He didn't mean that he was just playing with you. He just never stepped. He never crossed over. He's just hanging out. Because he's he's, still there. He's still there. He likes it. He just is kind of confused what to do. And we can talk a different time how you can send someone to the light. But it's only open for like a short period of time and tell him to cross to be with his family. But there is all kinds of stuff under that house from as a thousand years ago. The amount of stuff that happened on that property Mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. And there is a lot of creepy stuff, Mm -hmm. if you will. But. You know, I very rarely will tell someone they're skeletons or I see a physical skeleton, but that's what I saw across the the attic space that you lived in were skeletons, which is very rare for me because I don't usually see skeletons. Mm-hmm. I deal in energy or a physical, but more of the energy. And so the fact that I can see the skeletons hanging around the roof of that mm-hmm. her bedroom is really freaky. Keep me posted on what else you do with your abilities at this point. And if you're scared to use them, we can tap into them. Call me. <laughs> Call Susan. Call question. Susan. What, Take a shot. what kind of business was that that she was? It seems like it was like a daycare or like a summer school situation. Yeah. Oh, she said a lot of people were in the summer. Okay. And like kids would come there in the summer and it was like really filled with staff. But in the winter, it was just her and five others. Okay. Yeah, that's creepy. I wouldn't yeah, want to be someplace I would, where there's I don't know that. how I could handle that. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. No, I'd that's be like, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't always be nice things to say. <laughs> no. Wow. No. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you Thank so you, much. Okay. The next one we have is from Alicia using pronouns she, her. Hi, ladies. My name is Alicia and I go by pronouns she, her. I'm going to jump right in here and apologies in advance if this is a little all over the place. My first cup of coffee has a not to hit yet. So my whole life I have been connected to spirits or something. I have so many stories and weird shit that's happened, but it's predominantly in my dreams. I have dreamed of people who have passed, dreamed of myself in past lives, etc. I know they are special dreams because all five of my senses are activated in the dream. I'm talking seeing, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. And when I wake up, I know exactly what message the person who passed was leaving me in my dream. These dreams have never bothered me. I kind of enjoy them because they are people I know or that are close to my family and it brings me peace. However, with my dreams also comes lucid dreaming. I know, it can be pretty dangerous. I probably started lucid dreaming around freshman year of college and thought it was so cool. I lucid dream most often during naps in the day and from listening to this podcast, realized they can get dangerous, and I felt myself getting more and more creeped out by lucid dreaming. So about a year ago, I stopped napping altogether because I could not control it. Every single nap, I would lucid dream even when I did not want to. Can we stop there? Yep. So you have to put boundaries up. Remember, you have dominion over anything you dream, anything you see, anything you heal, feel, smell, taste, touch, whatever. But the blessing that in your dreams that are not lucid dreaming, like at night, you 
are speaking to family and you are aware of every sense that's activated, use that, embrace that. You can still take those naps. Just set the intention that nothing's allowed to come in your dreams. Nothing's allowed to be fearful. Nothing's allowed to threaten or be kind during your naps. It's They're just not allowed. This is time for you to rest. Even in the nighttime dreams, you can set boundaries. Sometimes I used to like every natural disaster. I would go help people, but I would be exhausted when I woke up and I would very vividly remember everything I did. So you have to stop at some point and say, okay, I'm willing to do this, but I need to sleep. I'm human. Mm -hmm. I can't be exhausted when I wake up. So boundaries, boundaries are huge. I'm very terrible at journaling, but I would say to you, when you wake up, journal what you remember and see what messages you're supposed to get. If you're not remembering them as lessons or messages, you just know what they said, write down and see what you're supposed to get from them. It will be a good lesson to help you expand these abilities, not to just when you're sleeping. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> Since I stopped napping about six months ago, started the creepiest experience I have ever had with dreams. It genuinely scares me and often keeps me up at night. When I am falling asleep, I get to that in-between state of sleep and awake. And I know I'm in this state and I will start to see what I can only describe as faces in a fishbowl. I see the most vivid, scary faces that I can still describe exactly what they look like months later. I'm not going to describe the faces in this creepy account because I'm not trying to offend or place a scary, creepy label on anyone who looks like the faces that I see. We have enough stereotypes and labels in our world. Don't got to add to it through my creepy account. Yes, friend. But it's so detailed and it's like they are looking at me with malice. Sometimes it's one face. Sometimes it's a slideshow of faces. One night it was a slideshow of scary male faces almost like they were rotating through a peephole of fishbowl-style camera view looking at me, laughing at me in a creepy way. I would even say taunting me, if you will. It feels evil as all hell and not good. I feel like it's not real people. There's something darker behind the faces. I get terrified, and it feels like it's happening for 30 minutes, but in reality, it's about two minutes, maybe. When this happens, I know I need to wake the fuck up, but it is so hard to snap myself out of it. When I finally wake up and pull myself out of this in-between state of sleeping and awake, it's almost as if it's a spirit guide or something protecting me getting to wake me up. I have no idea what these faces are or why it's happening, but it's terrifying me, especially because it happens in the most vulnerable state of an in-between awake and sleeping. I will literally wake up, sit up, and say out loud in my dark bedroom, leave me alone, get out. I don't want you here. You are not welcome. Leave me the fuck alone. Get Get, out of here. Get the fuck out. You are not welcome. But Mm -hmm. it is because you're at your most vulnerable state and you don't put boundaries. It's Alicia, right? Mm -hmm. So Alicia, put those boundaries for any of that. They're not welcome. Only things of love and light. They're coming because there are no boundaries. That you are so open in an exact word, vulnerable, and allowing that to come in without boundaries of these evil things aren't welcome. Only things, people, kindness that have messages for you, that all of those senses are in, are active. But at that in-between state, we are most vulnerable. And, you know, you have dominion again right. over anything in your world. Boundary, boundary, boundary. Whether it's a, awake or asleep or in-between. And in-between is that very vulnerable. So if you pay attention to the story so far, when you were sleeping, it was family members, kind things. But when you're at that in-between state... There's no boundaries. No, no, but it is, I'll give you kudos. You know that there's a protection there. Ask that protection to help you to push out anything that's negative. 
embrace that protection. Speak to them. You know you have all those senses employed. Use them. Start with, what did she say? A spirit guide, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, use that spirit guide. We've all talked about spirit guide. So use that spirit guide. You've acknowledged that they're there. Trust them because they've protected you. They've woken you up. Talk to them. And I'm going to tell you, trust the first thing you get. Don't second guess it. Don't say, well, what if I'm not right? What if that's not what they meant? No, as long as it's in a positive light for you and protection, it is what they meant. Right. Okay. So embrace that and tell that other thing (laughs) in that in-between state. No. And set the intention that it's going to be a peaceful transition from awake to sleep. You're at a very vulnerable state for all things unkind and kind come in, but the unkind is more predominant. Because you said you sometimes see it as a movie going across. Mm-hmm. Like a slideshow. Like a slideshow. Like slide and mine are like eight millimeter films when I'm in a, in a reading sometimes. And the things just light up what I need. And sometimes I have to say, slow down. I didn't catch all of that. So you have control of that slideshow. Turn it to something nice. You have dominion over everything in your world. Sorry, I had to interrupt. And I know oh, you're you, fine. the way that you're talking to her, it's because you've read her before. You're, you're, oh, you know that I? she's able yeah, to. Yeah, this is honest, her. And she and her? she she puts that in here. To, that it's okay to say that that you. Oh, okay. Because you know yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I know this energy, but I you know she's one of the sisters of one of our good friends. Yeah. Oh, the okay. twins. Yeah. Oh, okay. The twins. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. She wraps up. She says, my whole life, my dreams have been powerful and I have so many heartwarming dreams about people who pass. I leave messages for loved ones through my dreams. But this is the first time in my 26 years of living that I have been afraid and I can remember the terror that comes from these spaces. I don't really know where I go from here, but I know I have angels protecting me from these faces and I spend waking hours preparing myself to wake up and not fall deeper into those faces. Would love to hear your thoughts. And if you got any advice, your girl is all ears. Thanks for the reading. Go light some sage. Clench your space. Love, love, love the pod. Love, love, love Susan. 10 out of 10 recommend getting a reading with her. I prob, I should prob have another. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> yeah. Repeat that last sentence, last paragraph that you read, please. I don't really know where I go from here, okay. but yeah. I know I have angels protecting me from these spaces. Mm-hmm. So where you go from here is you are open enough to receive these gifts and use these gifts. Call in your angels, call in your spirit guides, protection. And you said there was a lot of evil. We don't let evil because mm-hmm. evil can take control and we don't want evil. I, I always say I do things of love and light and extend that ease and grace that you would extend to a friend. If I called you and said, hey, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, OK, let's talk this through. Extend yourself that ease and grace and also acknowledge, allow and release that darkness and evil. You've acknowledged it. You allowed it. Now release it. Mm-hmm. Put your feet in the ground and say, I'm release what no longer serves my highest and best and then fill in with pink love and light. Remembering you don't need that. You've learned lessons from it. Don't let it stay there. The next one we have is from Davis. Dear Morgan and Taylor, I want to start by saying I love y'all's podcast. I only started listening pretty recently, but I'm already a huge fan. It's the perfect combination of paranormal, true crime and comedy. Also, I'm super terrible at writing, so please bear with me. My name is Davis and I live in Virginia now, but my family and I used to live in a very old haunted house in Bethesda, Maryland. The original house was built in the 1800s, but tons of renovations had been done since then. It was a beautiful farmhouse on a little bit of land. Growing up, I remember hearing stories about how our house was being haunted. When my mom was a teenager, she shared a room with her three other sisters. One night, my mom was asleep in her bed when she was woken by someone banging on the wall outside their bedroom. She assumed it was her stepsister, my aunt, Rianne, because she was usually 
that's my middle name. I have never seen that name before. Isn't I've seen Rhiannon. Yeah. Never just Rhiann. I think that's how you would pronounce it. Mine's spelled Maybe even crazy. Ryan. Oh, it's probably Ryan. <laughs> it's R-I-A-N. It's probably Ryan. I don't know. Could be Rian. Rian. I mean, it could be Rian because I read it as Rian, but then the longer I sat there and looked at it, because I was so like, you'll I've have never to s- let us know. Yeah, how you yeah. pronounce it immediately. That's my middle name. I'm going to yeah. interrupt when with the renovations. There were some spirits trapped in spaces. Oh, when when you said that, I was like, oh, well, they just closed in some space, some spirits. So oh. you wonder who the knocking was if it was really just somebody stuck in one of the Walls? spaces. The yeah. worms they closed they- off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. So she assumed that the knocking was her stepsister, my aunt Ryan Rian, because she was usually the last one to get home, considering she worked the evening shift at a local restaurant. Annoyed, my mom shouted, stop it. And the banging stopped. She was about to fall back asleep when the light started going on and off. At this point, she was getting really frustrated. So she got out of bed and turned the lights on. And to her surprise, everyone was in their bed sleeping, including my aunts. My mom always told me she never went back to sleep that night. She sat under the blanket until the sun came up. Another time my mom told me about was a couple years later and my aunt R used to have her boyfriend over for dinner and he'd sometimes spend the night. My yaya and papao, Greek for grandma and grandpa, were more conservative so he wasn't allowed to sleep with her. Instead, he slept in the sunroom downstairs on a couch. From what I understand, he came over pretty often and then suddenly stopped coming in the house at all. One night he was sleeping in the sunroom and he woke up to a man standing over Mm -mm. him. He said the man was tall, had a long beard, and was wearing a coat. My aunt's boyfriend was terrified and got all of his stuff and left. He came back every once in a while, but only to pick up my aunt up at the bottom of the driveway. He wouldn't come any closer to the house than that. I was little, so these stories always frightened me, but nothing had ever happened to me, so I almost didn't believe it. It never seemed to worry me. As I got older, I was trusted to stay home by myself if everyone else had plans or errands to run. My great-grandma, we call her Peachy, couldn't tell you why, we just did. I love that. Me too. Was staying with us at the time, and I was about 11 or 12 years old. Peachy stayed with me while the rest of the family went out, and we were downstairs in the sunroom when I asked her if she was hungry. She agreed, and we got her walker, and we started down the hallway to the kitchen. From the sunroom, you had to walk down the hall, and you'd pass the staircase on the right, walk a little further straight down the hall, and you're in the kitchen. I was walking behind her, and all of a sudden, she came to a complete stop. She stopped so abruptly that I ran into her. She then said to me, Papao is back, her son-in-law. <sighs> Confused, I told her, no, everyone is gone. It's just me and you here. But she insisted and pointed to the top of the stairs. Sure enough, standing there was a silhouette of a man. He was tall and he had a long beard. He turned, looked at me, then turned back and walked into the wall directly in front of him and disappeared. Oh my God. I was petrified and quickly remembered the stories I heard growing up. I got us into the kitchen as fast as I could and locked the doors. When everyone got home, I told my mom what had happened and all she said was, I told you, it's okay, he won't hurt you. After that, I never saw the man again, but random items of mine started to go missing. They'd reappear, this happened to me, they'd reappear in very obvious places like under my pillow. And several years later, my yaya and papa were having a new house in Frederick, Maryland. I was helping my aunt pack boxes in the attic when I found a really old box tucked in the corner behind a bunch of stuff. It was old, wooden, and had papers inside. The first paper looked like it was a super old newspaper, and there were papers and documents that looked like they had gotten wet or something. At the very bottom was a black and white picture, a picture of our house with a family standing in front of it. It looked like they were roasting a pig or something, and then I noticed some children off to the side and a man standing behind the pigs. The man. Yeah. 
I believe he lived in the house a long time ago. Another thing, there was a balcony in the picture that was not currently on our house, right where the wall is above the staircase. I think his spirit, how did you know, Susan? I think his spirit is still living there and he goes out onto the balcony that was there when he was still alive. I also think the banging my mom heard was the children messing with her, but I'm not sure. It's an ongoing joke that the ghost follows me because my things still go missing. My yaya and papal have the picture framed and hanging in the basement of the new house. P.S. I read this out loud to my boyfriend after I finished writing it. I didn't notice it until I was done, but while I was reading, the lights started flickering, including a nightlight that I've had since I was five and a lamp we just got that used to be my grandma's. He just changed the light bulb and the lamp, so there's definitely nothing wrong with it. It was weird. Hope y'all enjoyed this. I have a couple other stories, creepy and crimey, that I think y'all might like. So let me know if you want me to send them in. Davis. One of the children died and the rest of the family didn't pass. They stayed with that kid. So that's why the kids are playing. But the man with the beard that follows her. Yeah. Likes her energy. She never like, she might've been freaked out when she stopped behind her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Or no, Peaches behind Peaches. Yeah. But it didn't bother her. Yeah. So because she, she might've been freaked out at the time. Right. Not. Right. She was like, oh, that's later. She kind of came to terms with it. Mom wasn't scared. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, so I feel like more than just he follows her, meaning some of the kids pop in and out. Stuff still randomly goes missing, but they find it. He's just playing. I yeah. feel like they're just like on a loop for them to be like walking through walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of loop. Like they're because stuck. Yeah. They are stuck. Again, sometimes when you cross something over, you let them lead them to the light. It only mm-hmm. stays open for like 15 seconds. So you have to have a conversation before, you know, I'm going to cross y'all over because I don't feel like the mom is still there. Like the right. dad and the kids, but the mom isn't with them. But it's really a, a neat that they're comfortable enough to follow to stand uh, the standing joke. To they follow move you stuff around. around yeah. And stuff. It, oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. At I that love point, they they're like, around. okay, yeah, they, whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. So really cool. So thank you. Thank you so yeah, much, Davis. Thanks, for saying Davis. That. that was OK. That was well worth the hype that you gave me during the live today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, that was a good story. I love it. And I'm very grateful y'all had me on today. I had a wonderful time. I hope that y'all get to see that call, Susan. Yeah. I mean, they're drunk now. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah plenty they're of them. The call, Susan, every time, right? And the number, text me, 704-562-3476. And it's in the girls. Yeah, it'll be we have in, in the, the description. description yes. And on Instagram caption. Yeah, we'll the number. And there. I think I might have it on the link tree somewhere, but I could be wrong because I just deleted like half of the things off our link trees. So. so all of you out there, all of y'all that I say, I spend time with the girls and we're just like that on yeah. the <laughs> podcast. I'm not lying. They yep. were probably a little calmer so I could get the answers, but I wouldn't say too much. But <laughs> well, we just want to let you guys know that we had conversation off mic. Yeah. Probably about two hours worth of conversation <laughs> off mic. Well, first off, it's nine o'clock and we only have on the recording that's obviously going to be edited down probably about two and a half hours. And worth I got of here at three o'clock. She so, got here literally <laughs> at literally at three. Yeah, I was like three o'clock, gotta leave. You know, so I was like, we just There's been out. so There's, much talking. We, we hanging have to out. catch up and too too much time away. Right. And we, yeah. And you guys know that we would never, especially with like supernatural, paranormal, mediumship, like psychic abilities. We don't fuck around with that stuff. Like yeah. we we would not be telling you guys about Susan unless we legit know her and trust her. So on tape, I'm allowed to say this. She tested me the first time. She took everything out. She mm-hmm. took all jewelry off. Anything that there was just this plain girl. Yep. Everything but plain. She w- there was this plain girl and she tested me. And then the next time I learned, I, I told her more and more. And she was like, okay, 
well, I can't come lie. over to my house then. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're legit. You yeah. Know? So we she she's not making fake it up. numbers, she, all the things. Yeah. 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 The, so the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah. The whole bit. So like, she just kind of fell into place with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Morgan's here to egg. I'm just literally yanking Morgan and being like, "Come on, I found this medium. <laughs> you got to go." But no, seriously, guys, like we we wouldn't ever like lie to you guys about it, and we're so happy that you guys can finally like. Here's Susan. See, yeah, Susan. see her and like understand the friendship that we have with her and like the different sides of like what it is and like her gifts and all the things. Because I know that she's kind of like this mythical creature on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My little shot in October, people were like, hey, we saw you. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be back on one day. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Soon <laughs> we enough. just have to figure out our schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we're like, we're three people that thrive on the last minute things. So. Yeah. <laughs> Like, honestly, like if we would try to plan this a month ago, we probably we would have canceled it. We did try to plan it a month we ago. We did. Work. And yeah. we were just like, we can't. Like, well, it'll happen when it happens. It's like how we all three do yeah. things with Susan and like yeah. each just other. Like, we're always I can like this day and we're like, Done. exactly. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank y'all for having me. And thank you for sharing all that. I hope you you are like, OK, and not going to crash and sleep so hard tonight. Actually, I know you're going to be so tired. I was No, I'm actually good. I was like, oh. It's a lot easier when it's like moving fast it, it too, just, I feel like. Yes, it it's just, like speed yeah. dating. It just came through. Yeah. <laughs> talking dating. to dead people. Yeah. <laughs> talking to all your stories. So, yes. No, it was not bad at all. Good, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to let you guys go and we're going to let Susan go home and we're going to go home and Drop go the to number bed. one more time. Yep. 704-562-3476. Perfect. Call me, Susan. Yes. Call and text her. Do not email. I know that either we've said it in the past, maybe like early, early on, Angel Wings and Healing Things on Facebook and Instagram, though you can follow her on those. And if there's like, you know, it's just best to be calling and texting. That is kind of where she and streamlines. And leave a message if, if I don't answer because there were just too many time zones too many ways for people to do and i was ending up having people fall through the cracks and by no means do i want that so shoot me a text it's easiest if you have to call that's not a problem i'll always call you back so yeah i look forward to your message make sure to do that because spam calls are too common these days i tell you why oh my god i mean if someone called me for like an emergency susan with angel wings and healing things they're like hi we're trying to reach you I, (laughs) i had somebody call me and i'm like i never answer the phone we got cut off no shit right after that and I hit the return button. And it was a spam call. And I'm like, oh. and then I hung up and she called me back. So <gasps> thanks for calling me back. Thanks for calling yeah, me back. We scheduled. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Because a name came up. And yeah. It turned out it came up as a spam call, but it was a real person. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you guys leave a message every time, just in case. And I'm trying a new scheduling app that's going to automatically generate confirmation. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't look right. Shoot me a text. It's okay. Not a we're trying our best over here. Yeah, we're working on it. I'm not the, as technology the, savvy as them. We're still not even that technology We've come savvy. very far. We're going to get that yes. profile picture, though. We will fix the profile picture. <laughs> Can guarantee. Yes, we're going to. We're working on it. Just be patient. Yes. But I text and answer calls. <laughs> yes, she does. And anyways, guys, well, thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming on. If you guys Thank have any you. questions, of course, call Susan. And if there are any stories that you have, you can always send those into our new creepy account email. Only ready creeps and crimes dot ca at gmail.com. Once again, creeps and crimes dot ca at gmail.com to have your stories read on our creepy account episodes. And eventually that'll be changed. And eventually <laughs> we're literally working on changing it right now. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bye-bye guys. Now. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.